All right, welcome in to another episode of That's Bingo Sports Podcast. I am Joe Hendry, joined here by my hosts, Jacob Beach and Kyle Eggers. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Fantastic. Thrilled to Love to hear it. Love to hear it, gentlemen. Kyle, LeBron James is still a Laker <laughs> after the trade deadline. How do you feel about that? For the podcast, I looked up politically correct synonyms for suicidal. <laughs> And there were none. <laughs> so I'm feeling suicidal. Uh, he told us earlier that if LeBron James was not traded within the hour, which is about an hour before the trade deadline, he would be gritting off the top of SoFi Stadium. So yet he's still here. So he lied. I'm going on a field trip. <laughs> That's good. No, it was, it was a it was a wild deadline, man. I saw Shams and Shams and Woj were we're going off on Twitter and both of them were reporting Pat Bev reported his own trade. So it was, it was an electric one. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, let's dive right in. First, we got the NFL. So awards, awards were announced boys. Let's, I kind of want to get some reactions there and maybe, maybe talk a little bit about what, um, what our thoughts are. Um, so let's, let's jump in. We got Lamar Jackson, MVP, somewhat controversial award. I want to know, I want to know if you guys think that was deserved, right? This feels like, a year where quarter, none of the quarterbacks really ran away with it, which this award has award has unfortunately become. So I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on does Lamar Jackson deserve that MVP? Um, what, what do you guys think there? Uh, it's a regular season award. So yeah, like, and it like based on the recent criteria of an MVP award, it's essentially just best quarterback, which sucks. Mm -hmm. So I think the award is flawed, but if you're going to give it to the best regular season quarterback, he should have won. But if you're giving it to the most valuable player, I think that Tyreek Hill probably should have won the award or like Christian McCaffrey or something. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Beachy. Yeah. I, I mean, just like Kyle said, you can't base it just off that last playoff game, but I really do think, it, it should have gone to Lamar. Like he played probably the best out of any quarterback in the NFL, and the MVP has just turned into a, a basically a who's the best quarterback in the league this year. So I'm fine with him getting it. But like Kyle said, if we we're picking like who the best player in the NFL was this year, I'd probably start with Christian McCaffrey and then go from there. But you can't go wrong with Lamar. He was the best quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I saw some arguments. A lot of them angry that Dak didn't didn't get any votes at all. Josh Allen only got one all vote. Right. Um, I'm I'm curious to know, did those guys have any legitimate argument, Allen or Dak, both led their teams, uh, both were playoff teams, both had fantastic statistical seasons. Um, I know Lamar had a wonderful season. All three of them seem to have up and down moments. I don't know what, did, did they have an argument to uh, for the MVP at all, either of those two guys? No. <laughs> Why do you say that, Kyle? Uh, Josh Allen did not play well. At the beginning of this year, I'd say like the first yeah. half of this year. And mm -hmm. then I would say, who was the other person? I'm sorry. Dak. I'm dyslexic. Dak, yeah. Dak. I mean, uh, yeah. Dak actually did have a really good regular season. I thought that he was going to throw like 100 interceptions. So I was honestly surprised. Well, you bought into the narrative zone. I did. I, I cowered. Um, yeah. yeah. Dak's terrible. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> um, no, I just. I, if you're looking at Dak and Lamar's season side by side, like, yeah, statistically, you could probably say that they're similar, but I think Lamar means way more to his football team than Dak does to his. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Beach, you're yeah. going to say something? 
Yeah, I just Josh Allen's beginning of the year was terrible, so I, you kind of have to start hot in order to build that MVP narrative. It's not the be all end all, but if you don't start the season well, you never really end up in that MVP conversation, like to yeah. actually win it. And then with Dak too, I think just like Kyle said, he had some nice moments, but he also had some some pretty rough losses that you know fell to his shoulders, and I think people remembered that. So, like, like I said, the Cardinals. I, I think like the Cardinals where he was terrible. Um, yeah. So that, that's the thing. Like, I think Lamar was the right pick. He had the best moments out of all the quarterbacks pretty much. And their team had the success to back it up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking with Beach uh, yesterday. And this, I mean, Kyle, this might surprise you a little bit, but I, I really hate how QB centric the NFL has become. Um, and that is coming from a quarterback's biggest fan. Right. Just like, I, I don't think, um, I don't think the award should be so QB centric. I think, I mean, you guys know my opinions on our, our, our wins at QB set, all that fun stuff. But I think the MVP award is kind of, it's, it's the easiest example to show that like this league is a, it's in a weird spot with just everything being so QB centric. And like, I, I, I'm probably in agreement. I probably would have given it to CMC. Um, but it, I mean, I guess if someone if quarterback was going to win Lamar is a good enough choice, I guess. So not to take anything away from him, he had a fantastic season. Yeah. Um, but uh, offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. I don't feel like we need to talk about much there. Um, nope, he's him. Woody, yeah, cool. Would either of you guys, did Tyreek have any shot in your mind? I mean, Tyreek has a shot, but okay. <laughs> Tyreek <laughs> Tyre had a shot, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I still think was just above and beyond the best offensive yeah. player in the NFL. No, I agree. Tyreek. Fell off a little bit at the end of the season. Still, it was still a solid, but that's because it too. Yeah, I mean, I, we're pushing the narrative, yeah, Joe. I agree, man. Don't get me started on that one, Beach. He did, he did. He played through it. Tough guy. Did you, Joe? This is gonna be a tangent, but I said no. when I sent you that tweet that was like, "Why is why is second and two on the screen in the Pro Bowl?" and it said second and mid. Second and mid. Oh my god, I, that was so really good. Funny. I was like, "Oh, that is that's gonna rile some people's feathers, man." But hey, oh my god, we love we, lo- we love the truth being spread. That's what I love to see. The truth, uh, <laughs> the truth will set you free. It will. It will. That's what CJ Stroud believes, man. Go CJ. Did you guys see that? Um, you said you'd see a Dan Orlovsky was like more accurate than all the Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was insane. 27 points in the accuracy test. And I think what Stroud has <laughs> Dan Orlovsky. 26 or something like that next. Yeah. I, I love Dan. What did you have? Like three? Or? He he was the worst at 16, I think. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I think I think Hertz was right above him at 17 as well. So. Your narrative is just being pushed. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of CJ Stroud, offensive rookie of the year, um, Christian, correct. Um, I don't know. I want to hear. I need to hear Kyle's thoughts on this one. All right, because before before oh, I say dang. anything here, I need to hear about about Mister Mister Eggers. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? I know who you think should have won. He's already I'm been mentioned. Give, I'm going to give Go you it. what. I know I'm supposed to say, and then I'm going to give you what I actually think. Okay. So what I know I'm supposed to say as a rational person is, okay, like if they were switched, if CJ Stroud was on the Rams and Puka was on the Texans and they had similar years, I would be like, yeah, we're giving it to CJ Stroud. Like he stepped into the hardest position to play in football. 
He crushed it, and he pretty much – it looks like he's turning this franchise around. Yeah, like he should have won Rookie of the Year. But what I actually think is that this is rigged, and Puka should have won <laughs> because Puka, Puka had the greatest wide receivers rookie season ever. What more can you ask of somebody to give them the award? outside of break every major record for their position. Like, do you want him to take snaps under center? That I don't know. It just Yes. That's the other it, thing I do. He wants uh, him to do what Lamar did in that playoff game where he threw a pass to himself and ran it for thirteen yards or whatever. Yeah. Bro. Bro, like I don't know. It just bugged me. I think this is a hot take. But I think if Puka was taken in the first round and he was like a high prospect that he would have gotten like close to 50-50 votes with mm -hmm. CJ Stroud because I think everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's doing so well like for a fifth round pick. And it's like, no, dude, like he's doing well for an NFL receiver. Like he's yeah. he broke every record. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna get off my soapbox, but it just yeah. Yeah, hurt my heart. I like what you said too, like about being a fifth round pick, because they always throw in that connotation and it just like diminishes mm -hmm. what he's doing, just that that little bit like it's not even like anything that's major but saying that he was a fifth round pick it's like oh so he wasn't that good in college so he must not really be that good he's just having a great year same like, thing yeah same thing with purdy that's what people say exactly. about purdy all the time yeah. yeah no i know what you mean it's like at the end yeah. of the day the dude's getting it done and then in the national football league like he's like it is what it is like i don't care where he was drafted at the greatest quarterback of all time was drafted in the sixth round like it's, it doesn't matter where you're drafted at you always hear that but Kurt Warner yeah, was not drafted in the sixth round. Okay. <laughs> bingo, bingo guy. Okay, that's, that was that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Kyle, I agree with you, man. Puka, I believe Puka should have won it. I don't really think it should have yeah. been, been that close, to be honest with you. I think um, this is nothing against Stroud. Stroud had a fantastic season. I think coming in and doing what he did was, was incredible. You know, one of the best rookie quarterback seasons we've ever seen. Um, I don't think he was... I don't think he was a top five player in his position this year, while Puka was. I think that much is – I think that's an obvious assessment there. Um, I think Puka fully deserved to win the offensive rookie of the year. Um, and, I mean, that being said, it's it's just, again, it's a quarterback league. You know, it's um, – he's being punished for not playing a specific position, essentially. Um, and that's just – that's the state of the league that we're in, um, which is a little bit unfortunate for the rest of, rest of, the, rest of the other positions. But – that's how it is. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah, um, Stroud's uh, Stroud's uh, defensive counterpart there, Will Anderson. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year. I honestly don't have much to say about that. I feel like I that do. Is a I feel like I mean, I know you too. I feel like it's a little bit based on his draft position again as well. Um, I feel like there was a lot of different options for that award, and Anderson just won it because they ended up making the playoffs and he was drafted what fifth overall or something third um, overall third overall so we uh, traded the, the Texans this is true Kyle who do you who do you think should have won that award you know who I think should have won this award <laughs> but Kobe Turner was robbed okay then this mm -hmm. actually was way closer in the voting um but, like, by every major statistic, like, he outplayed him. And I get the argument that, like, Aaron Donald's getting quintuple teamed in, next to him, so he's going to have more opportunity. I yeah. get it. But how can how can you fault the guy for essentially 
leading the NFL in rookie defensive statistics. And then I think he was like fourth in voting or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hurt, hurt my heart. Yeah. But it's okay. No, I think so. Yeah. I think Witherspoon should have won it, to be honest. I think he had a fantastic season as a rookie corner. Uh, just did everything that you could ask for. Almost fantastic in coverage. Great against the run. Um, just a real, real dynamic defender there. Um, but, I mean, Anderson had a good season, so nothing really against that. Beachy, you got any thoughts? I mean, just to go back, it kind of goes, goes to the narratives, right? Like what we were saying with Puka, if he was a higher draft pick, he probably gets a little more more push for that. And same with this. Will Anderson was the number three pick. The Texans had a great season. He had a flashy number with the, with the sacks. So he gets up there. And, uh, you know, whether it's right or wrong, it just kind of is how it is. The people voting for these at the end of the year, you know, not very many of them are tuning into every single NFL game or watching everything, much like we aren't. But um, they just want to want to feed in the narratives, and that's fine. But uh, I think that's kind of why Will Anderson won the award, even though he had a great year. Um, yeah. I still think there could have been other options. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, defensive player of the year. This one, this one's been pretty controversial between two uh, two division rivals. There, Miles Garrett wins it over T.J. Watt. Um, and Michael Parsons, they were the top three in the votes. I think this is an entirely appropriate award. I think Miles Garrett should have won it by a landslide. Um, yep. I, I don't think there's much of a debate. Again, I, I keep, I, I find myself really ragging on Steelers fans a lot on this podcast, man. Steelers fans, you got to chill, man. <laughs> TJ Watt, you, man. AFC man. I don't, oh I don't goodness. know, dude. I don't know what it is. Hate everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I do. Uh, TJ Watt had a had a fantastic season. He was great statistically. Miles Garrett just does more for that team. And that's just yeah. a fact. There's no denying that. Every single advanced deep stat shows that. He almost equaled them statistically in, in general. Um, he's just a truly dominant defender off the edge there. Uh, and TJ Watt is great in his own right. Um, but I think they got it right with this one. Yeah, 100%. Miles Garrett's insane. And TJ Watt had a really good year, but Miles Garrett just seemed to be off the charts. So I have no mm -hmm. issues with this one. Yeah. Kai, it looks like you're thinking. I don't know. I mean, I just think that – I think that – I don't know. This has been I, – I could take us down a tangent. But I think that PFF grading is why Miles Garrett won this award. And I think that Miles Garrett kind of disappeared in a couple big games. TJ Watt did not. But, like – Again, I think that it's kind of a toss-up. I'm I'm not as upset as everybody in Pittsburgh that's saying that T.J. Watt was robbed, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I see the argument is is all. Yeah. How many how many deep boys is, has T.J. Watt won too? I feel like voter fatigue has played into that. That's, he's won one. He's finished in the top three four times though. When did he win his one? He won it in 2021 when he had 22 yeah. and a half sacks that year. Yeah. So I mean that that makes sense. You kind yeah, of have to give it to yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, and he's a fantastic pass rusher. Like, I'm not, not nothing against the guy. He's awesome. Um, I just think Garrett was better than him this year. Um, but uh, is it, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco, <laughs> come back to see the DraftKings tweet. <laughs> oh, what was it? Some guy was like. Man, DraftKings is really out here giving you all free money, and it was the DeMar Hamlin comeback player of the year. And then DraftKings responded with the guy that's, like, doing the face. He's like... <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Man, I... 
This one is this one's wild to me, man. It's no, wild to me. Can I can I get a takeoff? Please, please go for it. Demar Hamlin played in like three games this year. There's no like, look, I get it. That man was dead on the field, and for him to even come back and play is fantastic. That's the point, though. He was dead. He didn't do anything this year, though. What do you want to give me a award I mean, for? The fake punt they ran in the playoff game? He, dude, he he died on the field. Joe Flacco wasn't even like he came back from being on the Jets. That's the whole reason they gave it to him. That's more impressive than that, in my opinion. No, that's the it's the National Football League that Demar Hamlin played in after dying. Okay, there's nothing that tops that man. Nothing. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. He played I like mean, three games. I just like there's got to be like a minimum. Like you got to play like ten snaps. I don't even know if he reached that. You see, like if they ins- in the, if they instituted that, then I am fully on board. That would follow the rules, but the Grant fact of the matter only is, played like six games, so I, you know, I not mean, like he was yeah. much of a better choice. But in Joe, if we're... go for it, Kyle. Shut <laughs> up! I am with Beach. There's no way. There's no way, man. It's comeback player of the year. This yep. man yes. did yep. not play in enough football <laughs> games to be a player. The dude was barely in the team. How are you going to give comeback? Dude, he just exists. If I, you know, I better win comeback player of the year next year. <laughs> Dude, it's just like I, this, this award has been historically reserved for people that come back from injuries until Gino didn't write back last year. That was, that feels like an outlier. And one way before that, which Philip Rivers won from being average. I don't, he shouldn't have won that one. It's not a, it's not an award of a player who comes back from being not as good it's a player that comes back from being injured, or in this case, dead. But also, but they come back from their injury to like the same or better level of play. It's, and how it's, can you ev- how can you evaluate his level of play when the man is a practice player? <laughs> it's the level of injury, man. It's like this is aspect of there. Ninety nine percent of the people don't come back from what he came back to from. He did. I, and he played football. I like that's awesome. I think they got this right. Like so, okay, you're just trying to push your Joe Flacco as a lead narrative, man. That's what you're trying to do right now. You can't tell me that you watched Joe Flacco play in those games and say, "Wow, this guy is elite." Like you can't tell me that you didn't think that because no, I didn't think that. Okay, first of all, he's a hundred years old, and he did. Insane amount more for his football team than Damar Hamlin did. Uh-huh. Amen. Uh huh. I in the, in I the just, words of Herm Edwards, you play to win the award, and Damar Hamlin did not play. I cannot disagree with that take that he did more than Damar Hamlin did for his team. But let me read you something, Kyle. Last uh, season, 2022, a season ago, right? Joe Flacco played for the Jets. The first three games of the season, Joe Flacco was on pace for his stat line. Of 5,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, and 17 picks. That's over three games, right? Over this, over this year, with the Browns, he was on pace for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 27, 27 picks. He was the same player. He just happened to play three more games this year Dude, than with the Jets. No. Don't deserve this award, man. He came back from the couch, which is more <laughs> impressive than DeMar Hamlin existing. I'm sorry. What do you think is harder? For a 23-year-old football player to get 
you know, <laughs> beard and then die and then come back to life. You sit on your couch for a year and then you go win like five NFL football games? That's insane. I, that's I know, that's man. more impressive to me than overcoming death because he didn't do anything. He just survived, you know? Like <laughs> You're you're insane, man. I don't I don't see how I just don't understand how a player can come back from the dead and not get the award. He he because was, he was a of... practice dummy. I don't care, man. He played in the NFL. Like the <laughs> amount of people that play in the NFL is so low already. Get the award of the practice dummies that are getting hit because they bounce back up every single practice. None of them died, have they? <laughs> they might have. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, you guys are crazy. Um, if you. On. No, last thing I'm going to say right. on this is we give Damar Hamlin the award if he wins the Buffalo Bills some football games, but he did nothing. That is if all. he converted that fake pun, I'd give it to him, but he didn't. Sean no, McDermott was trying to call it like it was a Disney movie and it didn't work. <laughs> we will see that, who the does, Kim I, Kardashian I, award goes to next year. <laughs> That's all these awards oh, are man. I, It's going to go to Anthony Richardson. You heard it here first. Um... Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Joe Flacco would like a word. Oh my gosh, you guys are you guys are insane. Uh, Coach of the year, uh, Kevin Stefanski for the the real man leading the leading the Browns to wins. Um, you are dealing a with all those dealing with all those injuries. Good for him. I think he deserved that award. Uh, um, any other thoughts on the NFL awards, fellas? No. McVeigh McVay got one Coach of the Year award vote, and it was me. Nice. <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, boys, we got the Super Bowl Sunday. I am Sunday. I am not really excited because either way, either either Victor really 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 bugs me because one means Patrick Who's Mahomes is in the Super Bowl, and one you're an idiot. Uh, one means Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, which I hate, and one means Purdy wins one, which will make it harder to push my narratives. So why? Because he's a Christian too. Unlike no, Herbert. I love I love that about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh! <laughs> give me a give me a prediction for the game. I need, I need to know <laughs> who, who wins this game. Chiefs money man Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown scorer. Throw mm-hmm. the mortgage on it. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, that I like it. About betting advice too. I like it. You're welcome. Beach. I'm in. I'm so in. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs <laughs> simply because they have Patrick Mahomes and the 49ers yep. do not. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's going to be a really good game, though. I think it's not going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of running the football, to be honest. I don't think there's going to be that many – I don't think it's going to be like a heavy passing attack from either team. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Is Patrick Mahomes' I, dad allowed to be at the game? That's a serious question. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Dude. I'm sure they posted bail, right? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. That mugshot was hilarious. <laughs> But, like, genuinely, is that how a DUI works? Like, you just do it, and then you just pay to get out of it? Or do you not, like, I think go to so. jail? I, I don't know. Um, I haven't gotten a DUI, yeah, so. I don't, I don't plan on I finding out either. You guys don't have to lie for the viewers. Okay. <laughs> no, that's my bad. Only had two. You're, you're the worst. Um, yeah, I think the Chiefs win. I think Mahomes cooks to the air. I think if the score is close, I think the Chiefs, regardless, I think the Chiefs will all play them, and the game won't necessarily be close. So, yeah. Um, Anything else in the Super Bowl? The real question is, is do the 49ers blow another lead? 
like they did in the last one. Ooh. I don't think they ever have a lead. Ooh. That's I a think they get a lead early. take. No, I, I think, think I think, think it'll be like twenty eight to seventeen or something like that. I think I think Mahomes cooks the Chiefs defense comes out there. I think the Niners will have to try to lean on Purdy, and that Chiefs defense is no joke, and they will just eat him alive. Can I talk about a pet peeve? Yes, please. The state of Arizona, specifically the city of Phoenix, is putting okay. Uh, no, right. okay, just let me get this off. <laughs> <laughs> they have been putting up like Brock Purdy street signs. What? No, they have not. Yes, Why? They did. It, they put it up outside of the high school he went to, which was, I believe, Perry no, up in Phoenix, which, like, I get it. At the same time, I'm like, dude, the 49ers are division rival. What, what, why are we really, like, supporting this guy hardcore? Because he yeah, supports Jesus Christ. Okay. That's a good answer. But get yes, me yes. in office and I'm going to make changes. <laughs> I don't know uh, what I'm running for yet, but assistant <laughs> athletic director, <laughs> assistant to... to the congressman, congressman. <laughs> We're moving on. Yeah. Uh, we um, the NBA tried that trade deadline just passed. Like we mentioned earlier, LeBron was not traded. Um, Royce O'Neal was though. Kyle is, exactly. Royce O'Neal is now a uh, is now a Phoenix Sun, and so is Dennis Rodman. Um, yes. Yes. Or or <laughs> David Rode. <laughs> David Rode, man, he's Dennis Rodman. That's literally when I saw the notification come up of David Rode has been traded to the Suns. I was like Dennis Rodman, and it was just David Rode. <laughs> <laughs> give me your give me your reaction to 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 the trade deadline, guys. Beach, how are you feeling with the Suns' moves? Um, wasn't anything large. Um, just overall, though, with the NBA, who what moves did you guys like? Are there any teams that you guys are like you did not make a good move? You didn't make a move at all. What are you guys' thoughts on the NBA right now? Uh, well, I'll start with the Suns. I, I do like Royce O'Neal. I think he's going to be big time. I think getting a playable like playoff piece for four non-playable playoff pieces is really nice. Um, he can come in, he can shoot the three, he can defend. So I'm happy about that. Uh, as for teams that I liked what moves they made, I'd like Dallas getting PJ Washington. I think that again, upgrades their, their interior makes them even more for formidable in that sense. Um, and I think he'll play her well with Luca. So I really like that move for them. Um, and then for teams that didn't, or at least didn't like, I think one of them, Golden State, didn't really make any moves, and then the Lakers didn't make any moves. And so it's one of those things, like, with the stars they have, like, you you have to show that you're going all out every single year. Mm-hmm. And so it just it confuses me that they kind of just stood pat at the deadline and didn't try to make any moves to get better. Um, I don't know if they think the buyout market's going to be favorable for them or what, but it just it kind of puzzled me that they didn't do anything. Yeah. This this trade deadline was kind of lame. Like, this was just – there was Compared a whole – Compared to last year? Dude, yeah. I think maybe I'm just – I was just for comparing Beach, it. Man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Dude, but, that, did we ever tell you that story, Kyle? Which one? When K- and KD got traded uh, to the Suns. I mean, it, maybe I've heard it. Tell me, though. Tell I the viewers. Curious. Tell the public. We, I was like – I was in – I was in the – I was in the car um, – when I saw a notification, I didn't. So I immediately called Beach. Right? Actually, Beach, you tell it. You're the one who you're the one who experienced it, man. Yeah. So 
I I remember I was up on my phone and it was like 10:45 and I was like there's nothing happening like I'm tired I'm going to bed whatever so I put my phone down had started like dozing off and so I'm probably like 15 minutes into sleep and then I just hear my phone just buzzing like nonstop and I'm like I kind of like wake up and I'm like who is blowing up and then I turned on my phone and I see Kevin Durant traded to the Suns, and I literally screamed. Like, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I lost my mind. Oh, my gosh. And then I proceeded to stay up for the next five hours because I was so excited. I was one of those people blowing up your phone. Yes. I remember yes. this. I FaceTimed him immediately. He didn't pick up, and I was like, he's got to be asleep. So I started texting him. And, like, a few, <laughs> like two minutes later, I get this text. Just, what? And I was like. And that, <laughs> I, I, sent the, I sent the EDP, like, video from the Super Bowl. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, it was, it was a great moment. Oh, what but, a great moment. This yeah, is not well, endorsing anyway. the EDP. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I do not endorse him. Correct. Joe, uh, on the other hand, well, no, no, yeah, <laughs> we do not. Uh, Kyle, though, you were talking about how boring the trade deadline was. Yeah, no, this was just one of the deadlines of all time. There was nothing yeah. really that that happened. I was like, I looked through the list of trades that happened because I got a, like a Bleacher Report article, and I was like, wow, this is like it's like cash considerations for a second round pick in <laughs> Bismack Biombo or something. And that's like all of the trades. Uh, yeah. was, there was nothing like, earth shattering. I like what the Knicks did. I feel like getting getting Bogdanovich was and uh, and Alec Burks there was was a pretty decent move for a team that just log just lost Oganunobi, OG Anunobi, um, and uh, for to, to for a few weeks. So I mean, I, I I like that move for them. Two guys who can who can put the who can put the ball in the hoop. Um, I want to know your guys' thoughts. The one a trade that I've seen some mixed reviews on on Twitter and whatnot was Gordon Hayward to the Thunder, and everybody's talking about how they they think they should make some moves for big and whatnot. They ended up getting a wing player um, who's who's he's past his prime, but he's still a good he's still a good player. Uh, does that give them any any more bump heading into um, kind of the the playoffs? Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think I like it simply because they gave up. Like nothing in terms of like future important assets, mm-hmm. and they got back a guy that can at least play in the playoffs and give them some some good minutes. So for the Thunder, it's one of those. It seems like a low risk, possibly some higher reward type of trades. Yeah, um, and so I I'm fine with it. I mean, it's one of those things. The Thunder have so many like draft capital assets, and you know they have picks until the next you know 15 years basically. But at the same time, you don't want to spend those picks on a rental player or somebody that really doesn't fit your team. And so to get a guy like Gordon Hayward, who, while, yes, he's been injured, yes, he's old, when he's played, he's been solid, and I think he'll bring that to the Thunder team. And he also brings a good veteran presence that I think they were lacking a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Beach. This, this to me, feels like a move that was like a locker room move. Like, they gave up yeah. Trey Mann, who, like, just literally has not seen the floor this year. Yep. And it it just makes sense for both of those teams' trajectories. Like the Hornets were gonna have to pay Gordon Hayward like thirty million dollars. He's thirty four yeah, exactly. years old. Like they they don't need him. Like so Hayward going to the Thunder, hopefully he'll help mentor and bring, you know, a veteran presence who's been to the playoffs, who's been around the game for a while. Like that would be cool. 
but this to me feels like a lot of the moves that the Thunder are going to have to make of this type because they have mm -hmm. so much young talent. Like they're probably going to yeah. have to make two to three more of these trades within the next few years, I, I think. But yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like I mean, a good at move. some point, at some point, ideally, they would love to package all those picks for a star. I'm sure. Um, the hardest part is is what star is going to want to go to Oklahoma City and say that's my that's my spot. Yeah. Um, and be and, the presumable number two already behind Shea, right? Yeah, I was going to say, and granted, you've got Shea there as well. So you're almost going there to be second fiddle, kind of, unless you're getting one of, like, the top five NBA players, like it, like when the Suns got KD. Like, that's the only way, like, somebody coming in like that would, would change the Thunder. So, yeah. I saw a lot of stuff about Clay going to the Thunder. Like, there was a bunch of rumors about yeah. the Warriors going, like, sending in Clay, which I thought would have made a lot of sense, but, you know, obviously never ended up happening. Yeah. One of the one of the final thing here, one of the moves that I saw that people were saying was pretty underrated was the Raptors being able to get Kelly Olynyk um, and Ochai Aguaji. Um, feels like a good young player who plays good defense, has a decent three point shot, and Olynyk's a good big. So um, not necessarily that they're going to contend, but just getting uh, Aguaji there feels like like it could be a solid move for them moving forward. Um, so that's just what I'm what I'm hearing out there on on the Twitters. So, anything it's else on the trade deadline? Nope, I don't have no, much. It'll be interesting to see how the buyout market shapes up. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the contenders kind of feel like they're set. There wasn't too many contenders I felt like that were dying to make moves. Yeah, um, and so who, they were all kind of. You mentioned that. I mean, contenders. Who who are the real contenders? I guess in the NBA right now. Do you guys? I think? mean, uh, Washington right Wizards. The, yeah, <laughs> I, I think in the West right now you've got to say. The Nuggets, obviously, mm -hmm. with the pedigree that they have, they're probably at the top of my list. Um, and then I'd probably jump down to the Clippers, just the way they have looked the last, like, three months. They've been yeah, super wrong about them. I need, I need to eat fire. my words. Yeah, they've yeah. been insane. Yeah. Um, they look great with James Harden. The PG and Kawhi are staying healthy. Um, the biggest question is, are they going to be healthy when they get to April? And yeah. we don't know. Um, and then, obviously, I like the way Minnesota's been playing. OKC's been playing really well. So while they're young, I still think you can call them contenders because they're winning games and they're playing really well. Yeah. Um, and then the Suns, I mean, I'm throwing them in there. They're, I think, I want to say 17-5 and five since Christmas. They've been playing some really good ball as of late. They're 10 games over 500 now. They are climbing the standings. Um and I think they're playing – they're starting to show, like, hey, the big three's playing. That offense mm -hmm. is clicking. They are very hard to guard. Now, do they have enough defense to get it done in the playoffs? That remains to be seen. Um, but I think when this team gets into the playoffs, I think kind of like how players play better in the playoffs versus some players don't, I think this team will play better in the playoffs because it's going to be a slower pace that you're, it's more of a grinded-out game. And then you also get the game plan for one opponent, and I think that's going to help them tremendously. True. So yeah. I think the Suns getting in the playoffs, I think they can do some real damage just because you never really know who's going to give you, you know, 30-plus points on any given night. Yeah. How about out of the so, East? I mean, Dude. Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. You still think Philadelphia without say, Embiid? Dark Horse, the Cavs. Cavs are a very good one, yeah. They've, they've won, right like, now. 10 games in a row or something. Like, I don't even yeah. – what is – uh, they're, they're, they're like 17 out of their last 18, I want to say. Like, they're playing yeah. insane. Yeah. So, but yeah. sorry, bitch, cut you off. Sixers. No, you're, no Joel. you're good. I, it depends on how long Joel's out. If Joel comes back in the playoffs, then of course, I think they're contenders. Yeah. 
He's at a month, um, right? Something I like think that. Three weeks same. minimum is what I saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it depends on how healthy he is. But if he comes back, I mean, he's impossible. He's stop, never so. healthier. Realistically, I know that's that's the thing. But yeah, I I like all those picks. Um, yeah, we'll see see where it goes from there. I I think yeah. that would be my top four in the East. I'm not sold on any other team. Maybe New York sneaking into that, but that's about it. Yeah, Kyle, you got anything to add to those? Um, I think, well, I mean, I, I agree. I think one thing that Beach didn't talk about is the T-Wolves. T-Wolves have been mm-hmm. at the top of the West, like, the entire year. Like, I thought mm-hmm. it was, I thought that was just going to stop at some point, but it just hasn't. Um, yeah. They, I mean, I just don't, I don't think it's for real because I'm a pessimist, maybe, but um, the West, I feel like we're going back to, like, those early 2000s type split between the east and the west like the west is so strong in comparison to the east i think like yeah. you have the celtics and then you have everybody else like probably the bucks celtics and bucks and then everybody else mm-hmm. and then you i saw something about how the top four seeds in the west are separated by like half a game it's insane yep yeah um, and that's not including the suns it's not including the Lakers who have obviously done damage in the playoffs and then people like the Kings, the Warriors, people that have been in the playoffs the past few years, like they're not in that top four. So it just feels like it's going to be a pretty stacked conference. Like I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs again. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are electric, man. I love watching those. So games. sick. So sick. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, boys, moving on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about college basketball. We can. I want to spend too much time on this. I just want to know, Beach, what's what's wrong with U of A right now, man? It's it's not looking yeah. really pretty. Uh, I mean, at home, it's they're okay, but on the road, I mean, just rough game against Houston, uh, Houston Utah uh, last night. I mean, they pulled it out. Yeah. What is it? Triple, um, double, triple overtime. Yeah, it was triple overtime. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. Okay. It is incredibly hard to win on the road in college basketball. It is. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care yeah. what team you are. You see a lot of top ten teams, especially this year, go on the road and struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Utah has been one of the teams that has just been that case in point. You play better at home. Where in the Pac-12 they were six and zero at home and zero and five on the road. So like, it's just one of those things. It's hard to win on the road, and it's hard to build a lead and keep a lead like we saw at the U of A. And so I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with them. Mm-hmm. I think there's things they can get better at, and there's things they can improve on. Like their perimeter defense is terrible. Horrible. Um, and that gets us beat. Like every time we've lost, it's because some team shoots over 50% from three. Yeah. Um, they said in our three Pac-12 losses, we have – given up a average percentage of 54% from the field from three, excuse me. Um, so that's like, I don't know if there's like, I mean, that's an issue you can point to the lack of scoring at times can be there, but at the end of the day, that's just college basketball. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's incredibly hard to win on the road. Um, and getting road wins is something that shouldn't be taken for granted. So yeah, while I think U of A has struggled in some games, they shouldn't like the Oregon state one was rough. The, Stanford, Washington State ones like you don't want to see you see you got you know see your team drop those, but at the same time, when teams are are hot from three and they're hitting a bunch of shots and you're struggling, I mean it's a recipe for a loss. Yeah, 
That that's what I was gonna. My main question was gonna be because, like, I agree. It's it's very hard to win to win on the road. Like, I mean, as a San Diego State fan right now, I think we're we're four and six on the road, and we're eleven and zero at home in the mountain total. Like, it's um, brutal to win on the road, especially against Mountain West teams. I think four of those losses on the road have come against Mountain West teams. Um, but to be honest, the Mountain West is a very good conference. We've lost to some really good schools. My question was going to be, is there any concern with those? I know, again, it's on the road, but losing to a team like Stanford, Washington yeah. State, Oregon State on the road, does that concern you at all moving forward? Um, going against, once you get into a neutral site in a tournament game against presumably a better team. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely somewhat of a concern, right? Because you don't want to see them dropping these games. Um especially like the Oregon State game. They had a lead mm-hmm. and then they, they let it slip. They kind of did the same thing last night. So you don't like to see that. Um, but at the same time, like Arizona fans are poisoned by success, much like other college <laughs> basketball teams are poisoned by success, right? Like yeah. you forget how good you have it sometimes. And you take for granted that you're rolling out the best team that everyone wants to beat every single night. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there is some concern there. Um, but I, I think when this team gets into the tournament, they get into games that really mean something. I think we're going to see the best Arizona team come out much like we saw early in the season when they were playing at Duke and, you know, they were playing all those big non-conference opponents like Michigan state, Wisconsin at home, like those big games, they really stepped up and I, I don't see anything happening different than that. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say, Beach. I feel like this team, while it's been up and down, you know, every season's gonna be, but I think that they have all the ingredients of a team that can make a deep run. Like exactly. they have like on both sides of the ball and on top of that, they have like people that have been there. Like I think the addition mm-hmm. of Caleb Love mm-hmm. is massive. Like yep. we got yep. we got a guy that's going to want the ball every time when the game is on the line. Like you need yeah. that especially in March. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think that we have some gamers who are good on both sides of the ball for the most part. And like, it's, it's going to be like, I just hope we, like we have seen thus far through the season. Like if we get, if we come across a team that's going to just be insanely hot from three, which happens every March, that mm-hmm. is what I, that's what I worry about. Um, yep. Yeah. But I, I I really believe in this team. Like I think that they're going to be. I I think they're they're going to step up as well. Yeah. One thing that I was impressed with was like was Caleb Love, right? Like he's a streaky shooter. Everybody knows that. Everybody knew that coming in. Um, but like he went five for twenty. Not a good night. But the fact that he just he continued to shoot, right? Yeah. Which I think yeah. which is what you need. And that's that your best players came through, and he did that at the end. Is what I think he came 100%. through at the end. He made the shots that was necessary. Made his free throws, and they won the game. So yeah. that's that's huge come tournament time. Caleb Love is not going to ever be an efficient scorer. Like the nights he is efficient are the nights that he scores 36 against Oregon, and it's insane. Yeah. Um, but just like you said, he wants the ball at the end of the game. He wants to take those shots, and we didn't have that last year. We saw everybody, as soon as Princeton started picking up their intensity, they they folded. And I think this team still has some guys that are like that, but the one guy who's not is Caleb Love, and he will take shots – Granted, he might miss those shots, but he is willing to take shots that will win you games. Um, just like you said, Joe, he was five for 20 last night, and he hit like two big threes in those overtime periods. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the thing. Like you need a guy like that in March. And so yeah. I just hope he, he can get on an efficient run a little bit more. And, you know, instead of five for 20, maybe closer to like eight for 20. But <laughs> That'd be sick. 
But uh, either way, I, I love the way he plays. If Arizona didn't have him, this team is like a six seed uh, yeah. at best. So I we are blessed to have him at, at yep. U of A. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they do in the tournament. But, man, uh, I'm, I'm backing him all the way. Yeah. And one thing, too, to remember is like this – there doesn't really seem to be a really true upper echelon team in college basketball this season. GCU. Like, there's been – yeah, that's true. Facts. Um, that's the nation. I mean, like, Purdue's been awesome. UConn's been playing fantastic. Um, but, I mean, Kansas has had some really rough losses. Same same, same boat as, as U of A, honestly, in the road. Um, yeah. UConn has had, has had their rough moments. You know, there's, there's teams really up and down the top 25 that have been bouncing in and out and that have moved up and down consistently. So um, – who knows what could happen come March, man? But we're almost there, which is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited I'll, I'll too. I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to happen. GCU Arizona National Championship. That's what's going to happen. You think GCU pulls an upset? I'm delusional, but yes. <laughs> okay, I am as well. I'm glad we're all in that boat. Yeah, I think they right. do. hundred percent. We have to Dude, believe, they, boys. Good. Have to. They look so good. Dude, they look I think good. they're going to get to a 12 seed, and they're going to be that classic 12-5 upset. Bro. Yeah. And then we just have to be pulling for whatever 13 seed is playing. Oh, my gosh. If and we can. The Sweet 16. Yeah. Oh, my. I'm. Oh, my gosh. I've Sorry. never wanted anything more. Well, we got, maybe. They're, they're, about, we got to stop talking about this. I'm gonna they're, getting, uh, they're getting votes in the coaches poll. I mean, AP poll, too, but for top 25. Like, they got more than Gonzaga this week. So. There's something to be said. Gonzaga's Hang, falling Hang the banner. More than Gonzaga. Hang the bagger. Bagger. Banner. <laughs> All right, moving oh, on goodness. from there. Um, we won't we won't get on this too much. We're we're gonna wean Kyle into this over the next few weeks, but uh baseball oh, no. is returning. Baseball's returning. <laughs> Pitchers and catchers for the San Diego Padres and Los Angeles Dodgers are reporting because they will start their season early in Korea of all places. Um, Kyle, sit down. Kyle is Kyle is leaving the podcast for those of you listening. Um, Get ready pitchers, to and catch- <laughs> pitchers and catchers are reporting. I'm excited. Should be fun. The Padres have one outfielder. I don't know what we're gonna do. That's enough base. That's enough baseball for now. Um, Shout out Jock Peterson. Did we talk uh, about him last podcast? No, I wanted Jock. I can't believe I'm saying that, Beach. I hated Jock. I'm in. Jock <sighs> Peterson, give it to me. Pause. Jock Peterson and Randall, uh, Randall Grichuk, when you guys sign him, are going to – they're going to combine for, like, 40 home runs this year. Just I'm not joking. The stupid when you guys here. talk about baseball, it sounds like a collection of <laughs> syllables, and that's about it. Kyle, you you just need to learn it. You just got to you just got to you just, just got to learn in, a little man. bit, man. Mr. Seawald wants you to watch baseball. Yes, Mr. Seawald. <laughs> Mr. Seawald is going to real teach you as a sub, okay? I don't, I don't care. care. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 Mr. Seawald wants you to watch baseball. Come on. It does. Uh, if, you got if, a hometown if, team right there, man. And they just yeah. made the World Series. There's never a better time to hop on the van. We're ride. so back. If Mr. Seawald himself <laughs> come to, comes and tells me to watch a baseball game, I'll say, yes, Mr. Seawald. <laughs> Beach, our next we need to we know get on we need to we need to hop on Instagram, DM Paul Seawald. We're gonna get him we're gonna get him to tell you to watch to watch baseball. Jordan, we're going to a baseball game. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well that's enough baseball for now. We'll get yes, more later. 
Um, but hey, we're going to hop into a new, seg- uh, new segment. I think this is one that we'll probably be doing pretty often here. Uh, very simple, one that people do all the time. It's Mount Rushmore. Man, we're going to do all kinds of Mount Rushmores here. Um, we're going to start off, though, in, in the spirit of That's Bingo Sports Podcast. We are going to go with our team specifically. And basically, the layout of this first one is who is the on our Mount Rushmore, my personal Mount Rushmore for my favorite teams, which are the Padres and the Chargers. Those are the two teams I follow the most um, that I love and that I'm a diehard fan of. For these two other fellows, it will be their teams as well. Um, so... How about let's uh, let's start with Beach. Does that sound good? Yeah. Are, All right. Are we going one by one? Or let's uh. What do you think? Go, Kyle? One like by one. It's like a snake draft. Let's do it. Ooh, so I you like let's that. each get one. I like that. All right. Kick us off, Beachy. All right. My number <clears throat> one Arizona sports Mount Rushmore athlete. Do 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 do. No surprise. <laughs> it is Devin Armani Booker. He middle named him. He definitely named him. That surprised me a little bit, Beach. Not gonna lie. That does for me as well. Yeah. He he's already my favorite Arizona sports athlete ever. I think part of it has to do with him being connected to like the end of my childhood, but also when I was really like getting into the NBA. Mm. Um, I remember. I'll I'll never forget when they drafted him. Where I was, um, because I was driving to. Lake Powell, we were starting our two-week road trip, and the NBA draft was going on, and we were listening to it in the car. Um, And I remember I'd been telling my dad, I was like, I want Devin Booker, like, that's that's who the Suns need to draft, all this stuff, and then then they drafted him, and I was like, all right, sick. Um, Did not know, obviously, the superstar player that he would become. Um, for the Phoenix Suns. But even that, I mean, he does so many great things for the community, so many great things for the state of Arizona. He's he's what you want your franchise player to look like uh, in terms of, of how they, they embrace the community. And so, yeah, he's my number one. I love it. I love that. I love Kyle, that. You're next. You guys both, I'm sure, already know who number one on my Mount Rushmore is. But mm-hmm. – my favorite athlete, the man who I I don't even know how to describe I don't even know how to describe how much I love this person, but the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft from Lower Marion High School, Kobe Bean Bryant. He's he's my goat. I love that guy. Pretty much the reason why I played basketball. Just completely changed, like. A generation, I feel like, of this of a sport. Like I just, I, I don't know. Like I could probably talk about Kobe for forever, but he was just the best. I, I love Kobe so much. Like uh, I, I think that my favorite thing. I think why I loved Kobe so much is because there was like three distinct eras of one player, and I got to live through all of them. Just kind of worked out that way. So when he was like the young high-flying superstar that was Shaq's sidekick. Then when he was solo, you know, crushing all these scoring records. And then when he changed his number to 24, Mamba mode, and, you know, won two more championships. Oh, gosh, just so sick. I literally love Kobe so much. But that is all. Yeah. Beach and I were talking about the other day that his his final game, man. Like, I don't know what brought Dude. it up. We were just, like, reminiscing on that. And just, like, yeah. how – like, I – I hated Kobe as a when he was a basketball player. Like there was, I. I just I didn't like him. 
but that was one where it's like you can take your eyes off the screen and it was just yeah, like yeah. There, i don't think there's ever going to be an, i'm never going to watch anything on tv like that again that was just incredible it was awesome it, yeah i didn't even feel like real i was i felt like i was watching a movie like i was like is this yeah. actually happening like there's no way that this is happening yeah, I, I don't know. like and then the the speech at the end just yeah dude like you can't you can't write this stuff kobe's yeah. kobe's my goat i'm still yeah. so sad we never got to see that much of like retirement kobe mm-hmm, man i i think he would have embraced the players in the league i think he would have been a huge ambassador for the nba yeah um man i'm just i'm sad i'm sad yeah. we didn't get that 100 yeah so that's good my number one is uh, my favorite player growing up. I was I still love baseball, but that was my sport. That's what I played all throughout elementary school. Adrian Gonzalez. I wore number twenty three for that guy. Um, I was I'm left handed. He was left handed. Um, I have a you know he was really the only good thing to ever happen to the Padres in the early uh, late two thousand early two thousand tens. I remember sobbing when we traded under the Red Sox. Um, like I would go to the game, super excited to watch him. Really cool story with him, man. Uh, my grandpa calls me up one day because Adrian was from down in uh, Southern San Diego where I, where I lived at. My grandpa calls me up one day. He goes, Hey man, get your ball. Come down here to the restaurant that I'm at. Adrian's here. So I was like, all right, cool. So my mom drove me down to the restaurant I had my little ball to sign and I walk in, man. And Adrian Gonzalez, he's, he's, he's in the middle of a party, dude. He's got like hundred people there at this restaurant, just like a birthday party or something. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there and my introvert self is like, there is no way in the world I'm going to go talk to this guy. He's in the middle of a party. I can't do that. Right. Um, but my grandpa's like, no, you got to go do it. You got to go do it. So finally he like walks me up and tells me, he's like, Adrian, my, my, my grandson wants, wants your signature. So Adrian grabs me, dude. He takes me over to a table, like on the other side of the of the of the restaurant, and he just sits, man, with for, sits with me for like thirty minutes and just talks about baseball. Asks me about my games, just about different things about life, dude. I will never forget it. It's just like an incredible experience with my favorite player. Got my ball signed. I have it still sitting up. It's the only signature on that ball. Um, just like as about as cool of an experience as like a ten year old kid can have. That's you awesome. Know? Fantastic. Dude, I never heard that story. That is yeah. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. It changed. I mean, it was one of those like that cemented my fandom for for yeah. him and the Padres forever. Even when he was a Dodger, it was like I can I can still get behind this guy. So wow, which is wow. which is a, saying a lot for me. So wow, <clears throat> yeah. All right, Beachy, what's your number two? Uh, number two, we're gonna go to the gridiron. No surprise. Probably the greatest Arizona athlete of all time, and it's Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he he's up there for me as well. Um, I have so many great memories of him in a Cardinals uniform, and just kind of like Kyle was saying uh, about Kobe, I feel like I got to watch all the different areas that he played in, um, from being you know young Larry with Anquan Bolden and that team that got to go to a Super Bowl with with Kurt Warner to then transitioning out of that to him still putting up insane numbers with absolutely nobody to throw him the football um, to then him transitioning to the slot and just still putting up crazy numbers with Bruce Arians um, and playing on some of those, those really good mid uh, 20, 2010 Cardinals teams, man, he, he again embodies everything you want a franchise athlete to be. He was great in the community. He was a great player, um, but he was a great ambassador for the state of Arizona as well. Um, so yeah, he's he's at my number two. 
dude, living living in Phoenix, everybody has a Larry Fitzgerald story. Like, mm-hmm. and they're all good. Like, Larry yeah. is just the man. So, yeah, dude, I love Larry Fitzgerald. Good old Larry. Yeah. Kyle? Yes. My number two, I'm also going to the gridiron. And this is one that was actually just mentioned by Mr. Beach. Kurt Warner. My guy. Dude. Fun, funny story about Kurt Warner. My dad. I would not get up for school on time, ever. And my they both know the story. <laughs> I would never get up on time for school. And I'm in, like, elementary school. This was for, like, two or three years. This isn't an isolated incident. My dad would, like, come into my bed, my bedroom and, like, kick kick me, tell me to wake up, and I wouldn't wake up. And he'd be like, oh, my gosh, Kurt Warner's in the living room. You have to come see Kurt Warner. And I'd be like, dude, no, he's not. And he'd be like, okay, you're just going to have Kurt Warner in your living room. You're not going to say what's up to Kurt Warner. And I'd be like, okay, fine, I'll come see <laughs> that's how much I loved Kurt Warner is that I truly believe that from Monday through Friday that he would be able to come down to my house to say what's up to me but no (laughs) oh my gosh that is amazing Kurt Warner is the man like he he brought the Rams their first Super Bowl he has a crazy story Um, if you haven't watched his movie you guys should but it's it's, it's, it's an awesome movie can I insert a Kurt Warner story. Um, Please. So much like Joe's Adrian Gonzalez story, um, I have a Kurt Warner story. And it's more of an Arizona Cardinals story, but uh, I went to training camp one year, and it was one of the last days of their training camp. Um, and same thing like Joe, I was like a nine-year-old kid. I got this like really nice like autograph football type of thing, and we stood, my, my mom and my grandma, I remember, I'll never forget, we're standing in a line at the best spot to get autographs when all the players were done. So me and my dad could watch practice. And then by the end of the, of the practice, we all went over and they're all signing autographs. And I remember Kurt Warner like came over and I, he signed every single thing that was in that line. Um, and he talked to us like as a family personally for five, 10 minutes. Um, wow. And it was one of those things, like Joe said, like, as a nine-year-old kid, it like cemented my fandom for the Arizona Cardinals. And it is something that I will never forget. Not only him, but Ken Wisenhut, um, some of the other players just taking the time out of their day to make, you know, a young kid's day. Like that's the type of stuff that you remember. And it's really cool. So yeah. Shout out to Kurt Warner, man. What a great guy. He lived through what Kyle thought he was going to live through every morning. Yes. Yes, (laughs) I did. Yeah. Because you really waited for me to tell my story, and then you're like, yeah, so anyways, that actually happened to me. Um, anyways, I actually got to meet Kurt Warner. Yeah, so screw you. I was a loser. <laughs> my number two is also on the gridiron, Philip Rivers, man. Uh, he, was, he was a quarterback that that I watched growing up, man. That guy could do no wrong in my mind. There was, like, you, he could throw a million interceptions as he did – often um and it just would not matter man and you know i watching him his passion for for the game and and losing for the chargers often you know it, i remember like hurting for rivers quite often and it still sucks they never got a bowl but i think like something that um something that stands out to me was like that i don't know i've probably sent it to you guys before but that interview after his last game where he's like you know uh 
doing it with so many guys, you know, I could have, we could have won the game or we lost, you know, um, I could have thrown three interceptions. It doesn't really matter. Um, I can just stand up here and say that I, I gave everything I had, you know, and that's, that stuck with me a lot. So um, shout out Philip Rivers, man. Love that guy. Just his passion, you know, the trash talk he had 90 yard touchdown, gum all the time, dude. He was, he was the man. I will, I will die on the Philip Rivers hill any day of the week. He just he just caught us caught in the wrong time. We're playing yeah. with the Tom Brady led Patriots in the AFC. Just yep, hundred percent. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Bill was him, dude. He was. He was great. Beach, give us your third. Uh, I am going to go to the player that I wanted to be when I was growing up, and that is Jared none Dudley? other. Yes, Jared Dudley. <laughs> no, that is uh, none other than Steve Nash. I remember, oh. I remember wanting to be Steve Nash so bad because, well, I didn't look like Amari Stoudemire, so uh, <laughs> I felt Steve Nash was more attainable. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, Steve Nash, I mean, he played the basketball the way it's supposed to be played. I loved watching him. He was so tough. Like, that's one of the things I'll always remember about him. I remember him getting his nose broken and still fighting through it. I remember him getting hip-checked into the scores table by Robert freaking Ori. Um, that was man. He, he, all right. He, uh, he was my favorite player growing up. I had a bunch of Steve Nash jerseys, uh, really was the one who got me into basketball and NBA basketball. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, Steve Nash. That's great. Kyle. Yes. My third is another football player. Um, this is a more recent addition. And that is Cooper Cup. Dude, Cooper Cup is my guy. He, I think he just embodies everything that I love about the Rams. And he is super consistent. He's going to make the big plays. But at the same time, off the field, he's just like the best guy ever. And um, I think that... If you guys haven't had the chance to, to listen to it or watch it, his interview, like after the Super Bowl, um, when he wanted to be insane, dude, literally insane. Um, and I think that was like, I, obviously, what he did as a player was an incredible, like the Triple Crown, all that good stuff. But like, what that interview after the Super Bowl, just, I was like, dude, I am a fan for life. But yeah, I, I love Cooper Cup on and off the field. He's the man. That's good. That's good. Um, my third. I'm gonna make an audible here. I had another name in this third spot, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a change. Um, I'm gonna put Justin Herbert in my third spot. Just really thinking wow. about it. Like I, I will never forget the 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 feeling I had watching Week Two of the 2020 NFL season and seeing Justin Herbert run off the sideline, get in the huddle, and me freaking out. And I was like, "What is going on?" Um, and then we we learned that to rod taylor's lung got punctured but he herbert came out there man like everybody thought he was going to be bust i thought he was going to be bust like i did not want him um i think that's we've said that before but dude this guy came out and just balled out against the chiefs like he was fantastic and immediately like you saw it on that very first drive remember he got he got destroyed by a linebacker he got right back up you know and that stood out to me he rushed for a touchdown his very first drive as well and i'm sitting there and i'm like we got a guy like some of these throws this dude just made, um, it stood out to me. And having what I still think is the best rookie season, you know, um, of all time uh, as a as a player, 
it was just such a such a such a cool thing to watch. Um, and then even seeing the adversity that he's gone through this early in his career and like having to stand up for him so often like that in a sense, like cement something for me. Cause it's like this dude, like I'm going to go to battle for him. That's already shown. So it, it kind of just bumps it up in a, in a weird way in my, in my Mount Rushmore list there. So um, I know we got a dude for, for the next several years. Um, he's awesome to watch um, and just thinking through it more. It's like, I, I can't leave him. I can't leave him off that. So. Shout out to David S. Gazaniga. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, he, shout out him and his needles. Oh my gosh, that's he is, crazy. He is getting sued still. <laughs> he, he is, man. Rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> Beach, round us off. Uh, give us, give us the end of your list. Uh, I am going to go to none other than Kevin Durant. Kevin. And I think I would be very close to putting Kevin on this list, even if he didn't play for the Suns. He probably wouldn't make the top four, but he'd definitely be my honorable mention. Um, Kyle can attest to this. I have been a Kevin Durant fan since the beginning, pretty much. It's been Um, obnoxious. Yeah, it has been obnoxious (laughs) at times. Um, When the Suns took a downturn, right, because Steve Nash obviously got traded, and the Suns had a lot of bad years, uh, Kevin Durant kind of became – the one guy in the NBA that I really latched on to just really loved watching his game, really loved how he approached, you know, just playing and, and his attitude towards that. Um, and so he was always one of those, those things. Like I just loved watching him play. And then obviously fast forward 10 years from that. Now he's on my favorite team balling out. <laughs> um, I mean, it's impressive what he's doing at, you know, at, at age 35 right now. I mean, he's had he had that dunk on Giannis the other night. He just made some poor rookie from the Utah Jazz yesterday touch the floor on a crossover. Yep. Like he, he, the things that man can do on a basketball court never cease to amaze me. And it's fun getting to see him in purple and orange now, um, playing for my team. So he's going to take the fourth spot um, to round out my my Mount Rushmore. That's awesome, Kyle. Give us yours. Yeah. I- I had a lot of internal debate about this fourth spot and I had a lot of players kind of like beach where I was like, dude, I absolutely loved this player, even though they weren't on my team. But one player that I do want to call out back to basketball that makes my fourth spot at my Mount Rushmore is Pau Gasol. Ooh, I, wow. I literally love Pau Gasol. I think that he, um, just the way that he played, he was always going to be like at a hundred percent. Like he was the type of guy that was going to dive on the floor for a ball. He was the type of guy that's going to get plowed into while he's setting a screen and get up and do it the next five plays in a row. Um, The play that made me like a lifelong Pagasol fan was against the Celtics in the finals. I think it was 2000. It might've even been the year that we lost. It was either 2008 or 2009. Um, But he, Catches the ball, short corner, and is like triple team, gets fouled to the point where they showed the replay and his foot was actually on the ground after his jump shot. So it should have been like a travel or jump ball or something. But he ended up scoring. It was an N1, huge, pivotal N1 um, to put the Lakers in a position to win an elimination game. And, dude, like he's just, yeah, he's always going to be the guy that's going to give every bit of what he has to the team. And then, um, so yeah, seeing, seeing how he's 
been like talking about Kobe too, like after, after he passed has been really cool. Um, like, I think he, he literally named his daughter after, um, like one of Kobe's daughters as well. Um, yeah, like the, he's just, he's just that guy. So sick. Yeah. I love awesome. that. He was great. Well, I'm going to round it out. I was thinking of putting LaDainian Tomlinson there, um, but I Ooh. feel like that would have just been a legacy, cho- legacy choice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't watch too much of LaDainian. Um, you know, I became a fan right as he was starting to phase out a little bit, but I'm going to go with Manny Machado uh, for the Padres Ooh. there. Um, and I think Manny Machado single-handedly changed the direction of, of Padres baseball forever. Um, I've never... We, we were a poverty franchise for so long. I mean, we still kind of are, but um, it was, he was like the premier free agent of the class and he chose to sign a 10 year, $300 million contract with the Padres. We had nobody, we had a good farm system, um, but that guy came in and our GM, our owner came in there and they, they sold him the vision and he saw it um, and he, and he bought in. And he's he's really invested with the city of San Diego. He's he's a he's a partial owner of the new soccer team, the new MLS team that's starting up there. He's always out uh, with the people. I mean, he's. Um, I remember something. One of the one of the greatest things that I ever saw was a video. I think his first season, there was a Dodger fan who was heckling him. Um, he turns around to the Dodger fan. He goes, "I'll bet you my whole contract we win a World Series before you do." Um, so just like little things like that. So where he's he's coming, he's really embraced the city of San Diego. Him, both him and his wife. Um, and you know, being a part of the uniform shift again, and being being able to <laughs> being able to draw in more uh, more big free agents, you know, he just he changed the direction of Padres baseball forever. Really draws drew us out of that bottom feeder area, and I think made us made us a respectable team, you know. And we were able to make it to the championship series with them a couple of years back, and hoping for some more big things moving forward. So, I love that. I got yeah. I got one question to ask you guys, and. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick one player that is currently playing that you think could eventually get to your Mount Rushmore, who would it be? And I'll, I can start because yeah. I got one on the top of my head already. Go Mine right now that could get to my Mount Rushmore would be Corbin Carroll yeah. um, if he stays with the Diamondbacks long enough just because I think that dude's got the talent to be the greatest Diamondbacks player in history. Um, and as a team that hasn't had a long history, just being such a young team, I mean, it's right there for the taking. I mean, obviously you got Luis Gonzalez and, and his legendary hit in the, in the World Series, but he was only there a, a handful of years. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt had a ton of great years. He's he's up there as one of the best players in franchise history, but ultimately he's, you know, really only known for winning a wild card game and, and you know, losing in the playoffs. And that's about it. Yeah. So he didn't have much postseason success. Like Corbin Carroll has already had as much postseason success as pretty much any Arizona Diamondbacks team outside of 2001. Yeah. So he's got the biggest chance, I think, to to move up onto that board and get onto that Mount Rushmore, depending on how his career in Arizona goes. I like that. Kyle, who do you think? This one was an easy choice for me. Um, I already said Cooper Cup, and he is still playing. But I'm gonna say Puka Nakua, like yeah, the guy, yeah, like he's just like my expectations for him are so unrealistic and delusionally high <laughs> that 
if he does even remotely close what I'm expecting him to do and we get a good quarterback, dude, we could see a one-two punch that completely shakes up the the Mount Rushmore's of Kyle Eggers for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go kind of similar to you, Beach. I'm going to go with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I think mm. like he's he's got the talent to put up a season like Ronald Acuna just had, um, you know if he if he puts together a couple of those you know wins wins an MVP or two wins a World Series that's one of those where I could easily see him hopping up in there, um, but yeah that's I think that's the current one. I like. Also, it was hard leaving leaving this guy's not playing anymore, but leaving Kristen Norfia, Padres legend. He played with us for four seasons. He was just a random fourth outfielder. I loved that guy so much. It was really it, genuinely very difficult leaving Chris Donorfi off of this list. Gerald so. Green would have been my next pick, so I get where Shut you're up. coming from. <laughs> I love it. Brown was right there for me. <laughs> That's I'm surprised he didn't have Kwame Brown with the uh, with the with the Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol He's a bona fide scrub. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good. Those are good lists. So round it out. I had Adrian Gonzalez, Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Manny Machado, Beach. You had Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Larry Fitzgerald, and who was who was the last one there? Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Kyle, you had a Cooper Cup, Kurt Warner. Um, who were the last two? Kobe. Kobe. That's right. And Powell. Powell Gasol. Thank you. Uh, there that's it is. Some good lists. Good lists there. You guys got anything else for the day, boys? I do not. That was a fun one. That was, that was good. a good one. Good we'll do some more. We're going to add some more teams in there. We're going to add positions, random sports things in there. We'll do a lot of Mount Rushmore. Should be should be yep. enjoyable. Should get us. Like should, get the, should get the hearts pumping in the future. So, well, that's all we got for you guys today. You guys can find us on X, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at That's Bingo Pod for more. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace. Bye. Bye.